Welcome to the Kupalithis Podcast. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Feliz Navidad. There you go. We are officially a bilingual podcast. Welcome to episode two, Christmas Stories, which we will get to in a few moments. But first, I want to say thank you to every single one of you who have embrace this podcast. You've liked it, you've downloaded it, you've linked up with it somehow, whether on Spotify or Buzzsprout or Apple. And thank you so much for your encouraging messages. And actually, what I'd like to do is I like to read our first Just Show Up connection. And you can email me a connection, something you want to share. Maybe I'll read it on the air at my Gmail account, which is kupalithis at gmail.com. And just write me there. I'll get that directly. But I want to read the first one. And this is from a guy named Nick Pino. Yes, his name is Nick. I'm not just reading it because his name is Nick. But this is what he writes. He said, dude, I loved your first podcast. I followed you on Spotify. You're great at this, brother. And And it did inspire me. Just showing up. That's where I've been for the past two, two and a half years. Thank you, brother. Love you. Well, first of all, love you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for connecting in. And you shared some things after that, that you've just showed up in your life and you've been really pushing through. So I'm just cheering you on, Nick. Keep going with it. And thank you for listening. Now, listen, I might sound like I have a little cold and it's because I do, but don't tell anybody. Um, I'm kidding. But so if I sound a little stuffy, that's why. But I want to get into three stories that happened in history on or around Christmas. So buckle up. Let's go on this adventure together. (laughs) Rudyard Kipling said, if history was taught in the form of stories, it would never be forgotten. So let me take you to 246 years ago to a cold December 1776 a young nation which ultimately would become the United States of America had just been been born. It was vulnerable. It was looking to survive in a harsh world. It was looking to throw off the chains and fetters, so to speak, of the English empire under King George. It was young. It was vulnerable. Just six months before December, was the infamous July 4th, 1776, where the Continental Congress had agreed unanimously to sign one of the greatest documents in human history, the Declaration of Independence. 56 signers put their lives, not just their names, but their lives down as they signed this document that said, we are free from King George and his tyranny. Benjamin Franklin infamously said, we must all hang together, or most assuredly, we will all hang separately. America was being born. America, I believe, (laughs) I love America. One of the greatest nations was being born. But it was in this six months that one of the greatest, I think, miracles of the birth of our nation happened. 
As I said, it was December 1776. George Washington, the commander and chief, sat with his Continental Army, probably shivering around campfires in their encampment, as not only were the Brits descending upon them, but also the harshness and the coldness of winter was coming. Now, here was this Continental Army. They were outgunned, outmanned, outmaneuvered by the might of the British. Now, let me remind you that the British ruled the world, and they ruled the world not by handing out free tea and crumpets to everyone, but they ruled the world by the ferocity and might of their army. They were no joke. It was said of the Brits that the Sun never set on the British Empire. Basically, they had a hand in so many nations all around the world. And why? Because they were a mighty empire. And now, according to them, their subjects were rebelling against them, trying to gain their independence in the colonies in the Americas. What was going to happen to this young continental army? They had been pushed from New York into New Jersey. And then from New Jersey, they were pushed into Pennsylvania. They were on the run. The commander-in-chief, George Washington, had so many decisions to be made. And on top of this all, do you know the enlistments were about to be up? That means that George Washington was about to have no army. People were deserting. Spies were going over to the Brits, telling the Brits what the uh, Continental Army was doing. It was a horrible, horrible situation for our young America. So George Washington came up with the incredible idea to save the entire war effort. It was audacious plan to take about 2,500 troops and cross the Delaware, which was almost frozen. It was freezing over in the dead of night, and not only with troops, but with artillery, with horses, and attack a group of Hessians garrisoned about 10 miles up the river in Trenton, about 1,400 Hessian soldiers. And let me just tell you about the Hessian soldiers. The Hessian soldiers weren't mercenaries. They were auxiliary troops. Basically, they were professional troops that were rented out, they're German, they were rented out basically to the British Empire in order to fight in the Americas. There was about 30,000 Hessian troops during the revolution. Actually, side note here, about 3,000 of those Hessian troops ended up staying in America. But these were professional troops, meaning they knew how to fight. They weren't like the young ragtag group of Continental Army soldiers. They were professional. And so Washington, with the support of his generals and his leaders, and they decided on December 25th, 1776, to cross the Delaware River. Let me read you a description from eyewitness2history.com. I, I love how this is worded and during the night of December 25th, Washington led his troops across the ice-swollen Delaware about nine miles north of Trenton. The weather was horrendous and the river treacherous. Raging winds combined with snow, sleet, and rain to produce almost impossible conditions. To add to the difficulties, a number 
of Washington's force marched through the snow without shoes. The next morning, they attacked to the south, taking the Hessian garrison by surprise and overrunning the town. After fierce fighting and the loss of their commander, the Hessians surrendered. Washington's victory was complete, but his situation precarious. The violent weather continued, making a strike towards Princeton problematic. Washington and his commanding officers decided to retrace their steps across the Delaware, taking their Hessian prisoners with them. The news of the American victory spread rapidly through the colonies, reinvigorating the failing spirit of the revolution. The battle's outcome also gave Washington and his officers the confidence to mount another campaign. On December 30th, they again crossed the Delaware, attacked and won another victory at Trenton on January 2nd, and then pushed on to Princeton, defeating the British and there on January 3rd. Although not apparent at the time, these battles were a decisive turning point in the revolution. The victories pulled the languishing revolution out of the depths of despair, galvanized colonial support, shocked the British, and convinced potential allies such as France, Holland, and Spain that the Continental Army was a force to be reckoned with. Wow. And that all began on December 25th, 1776. George Washington, with his back against the wall, decided to just show up, just take that step forward. And not only did they win against incredible odds, they continued to win. So on this Christmas, I want you to remember what our founding father, George Washington, the first president of the United States, the commander in chief, one of the great Americans of all time, he stepped out and he did something against incredible odds and accomplished something that we still today enjoy the benefits of. Two more stories in a moment here. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please share it with somebody. Let's go on this journey together. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can go to the Podcast.com and give a tax-deductible donation there. But thank you so much. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay, for the second Christmas story, again, this will be a little bit faster than the first one. I want to take you 137 years into the future from 1776 and 108 years into the past from 2022 to what's called the Christmas Truce of 1914. Now, let me take you to Europe on the Western Front. Basically, World War I is raging. It's known as the war to end all wars. The Germans are in one trench and the British are in another trench. This was horrific hand-to-hand combat at times, a horrible mustard gas. There was, there was a place usually between the trenches called No Man's Land where they would set up machine guns and barbed wire, and it just was horrific, like all wars. But World War I was horrific and bloody. So before we talk about the truce of 1914, let me take you six months before to June 28, 1914, when Archduke Franz Ferdinand, who was the heir apparent to the Austrian throne with his wife Sophie, were touring a province of Bosnia and Herzegovina where they were assassinated. And it was actually the second assassination attempt of the day, but the second was successful. 
with a Browning pistol. He was shot, and so was she, and they died. And this took Europe into a horrific war, a war that would have over 40 million casualties, 20 million deaths, and 21 million wounded, both military and civilian casualties. But in the midst of all of the madness, there was a moment where humanity rose above the politics. And on history.com, let me read you this account. British machine gunner Bruce Barnesfather, later a prominent cartoonist, wrote about this in his memoirs. Like most of his fellow infantrymen of the 1st Battalion of the Royal Warwickshire Regiment, he was spending the holiday eve shivering in the muck, trying to keep warm. He spent a good part of the past few months fighting the Germans, and now, in a part of Belgium, he was crouched in a trench that stretched just three feet deep by three feet wide. His days and nights marked by endless cycles of sleeplessness and fear, stale biscuits, and cigarettes too wet to light. Here I was in this horrible clay cavity, Barnsworth wrote, miles and miles from home, cold, wet, through, and covered with mud. There didn't seem the slightest chance of leaving except in an ambulance. About 10 p.m., Barnes' father noticed a noise. I listened, he recalled. Away across the field, among the dark shadows beyond, I could hear the murmur of voices. He turned to a fellow soldier in his trench and said, Do you hear the Germans kicking up the racket over there? Yes, came the reply. They've been at it some time. The Germans were singing carols as it was Christmas Eve. In the darkness, some of the British soldiers began to sing back. Suddenly, Barnes' father recalled, he heard a confused shouting from the other side. We all stopped to listen. The shout came again. The voice was from an enemy soldier speaking in English with a strong German accent, and he was saying, come over here. One of the British, British sergeants answered, you come halfway, and I come halfway. What happened next in the years to come stunned the world to make history. Enemy soldiers began to climb nervously out of their trenches and to meet in the barbed wire filled no man's land that separated the armies. Normally, the British and the Germans communicated across no man's land with streaking bullets, with occasionally gentlemanly allowances to collect the dead unmolested. But now there was handshakes and words of kindness. The soldiers traded songs, tobacco, and wine. Barnes' father could not believe his eyes. He wrote, here they were, the actual practical soldiers of the German army. There was not an atom of hate on either side. And there you had reported by History.com, 108 years ago, a moment when the world seemed to stop, when orders to kill each other were not obeyed, and humanity rose above the politics. I get it. The next day they went back to the war. They went back to the violence. But for that moment, they were just humans. They were just men, not under a flag that was opposed to the other man's flag. But they were men that connected in a place called no man's land. And they rose above the violence, and probably what humanity was intended to be. We were intended to be one. And one day we will be one again in the future. But at that moment, it was a Christmas Day miracle known as the Christmas Truce of 1914. Ho, ho, ho!
So for this last story, it's going to be the shortest, but I tell you the most important. This is something that we celebrate every year, but actually it didn't happen on December 25th. It's the birth of Jesus Christ. That's right. He probably was born in the spring, maybe most likely in the fall. That's for a bunch of reasons right there. And for depending on who you read, we commemorate it on December 25th. Some say it's pagan. Some say it's because the early church wanted to evangelize those who were having pagan holidays. And I'll let people fight that out. And maybe that's next year's podcast about Christmas. But I love to celebrate Jesus and I love to celebrate family and I love Christmas. So I'm not going to argue about that, but I, I want us just for a moment, I want to read a scripture to you, Matthew 1 It's prophetic significance. And this is the story it said, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And so I want to tell you a story, the true story, 2000 years ago, God came to earth in the form of a little baby. His name was Jesus. And I love what the Lord says in, in the Bible about this young baby named Jesus, that his name is Emmanuel. And what does that mean? God with us. So whether it's the amazing feat of George Washington crossing the Delaware, winning victory after victory, or whether it's just for a moment when humanity rose above all the politics of the 1914 truce, do you know what? The most amazing thing that we remember on Christmas is that God came as a little baby and that it was God with us to save us from our sins, to save us from ourself. Forget all the busyness of the season, all the Christmas presents that you need wrapping and the, you know, for me, it's planning Christmas Eve service and doing a Christmas Eve message and doing all these different things. And all those things are wonderful and great. But can we remember on this Christmas, the greatest story of all? And that story is Jesus who came to earth to save us from our sins to save us from ourselves. That's the greatest story of all. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Kupalithis podcast. Please consider supporting this by a donation at thekupalithispodcast.com. It is a tax-deductible donation. If you would like to write into the show, you can write me at kupalithis at gmail.com. Yes, you got to figure out how to spell that, but share, subscribe, See you next time.